Good morning, everyone. This morning we close out the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, and some wonderful closing words, missional words from our Lord and Savior Jesus in his resurrection visit. So Saturday must have been a dark day, uh, a day after the death of Jesus, and we don't hear much about Saturday. That must have been a long day for the disciples after seeing Jesus go to the cross and die. And it was a Sabbath, so we don't hear much. They likely were just staying put. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, which would have been Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Hallelujah. Jesus said he would rise, and he did. The resurrection is such a wonderful evidence for our faith. And now he begins to show himself over and over again to his apostles that he defeated death, that he had victory over death. And one day, you know, we who believe in him are going to have victory over death too. Hallelujah. In fact, we have it now. It's reserved for us and it's been promised to us. And that's what gives joy and peace to our lives, knowing that death is not going to sting, that that it's gonna, we're going to have victory. We're going to have a risen life. We're going to have eternal life with our Lord. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Verse 6, come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And Matthew focuses very much on this Galilean visit that we are going to witness from Jesus. Now, the empty tomb was in Jerusalem, and Galilee in this mountain was likely around 80 miles away. We don't know exactly what mountain, and we do know that Jesus uh, had other resurrection visits there as well, because in John chapter 21, you might recall that's where Jesus visited the men while they were fishing, and Jesus was already having a shore lunch with the fish on the shore, and then they came in uh, and were excited to see Jesus on shore. And that's when he had that discussion with John and Peter on the beach and told Peter to feed my sheep, John chapter 21. Well, that was in Galilee as well, which was to the north of Jerusalem by the same distance. So likely this visit on a mountain happened not too far distant in time frame from when the John 21 seashore visit occurred as well. And they left the tomb and quickly with fear and got and great joy, obviously excited to hear that he had risen and ran to report it to his disciples. Now they only had heard from the angel at this point. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And isn't that interesting that Jesus uh, came to these two women? What a beautiful thing that is. Two women that had, who had followed him and served him. And he appears to them first and says, go tell the guys. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren and leave for Galilee. And there they will see me. And 
they didn't leave for Galilee that night, possibly out of fear of the Jews, but that's when Jesus showed up in their room that night and revealed himself to the apostles. And there were several other resurrection visits that happened on this Sunday, like the man on the road to Emmaus, Peter saw him this day, and eventually uh, all the 11 saw him in the upper room. And you can read about those visits in you know, Luke and John. Um, it's great to read about all the resurrection visits from you know, also the Gospel of Mark. But now while they were on their way, they're headed back to find the disciples in the home. Some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You were to say, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were sleeping. And if this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story has widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. So there was a false report about Jesus. You know, you can be assured that Jesus rose from the dead. Not only do we have all of this eyewitness testimony that we're reading about here, but Jesus showed himself to over 500 people. And, you know, you can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, written by the Apostle Paul. There's just over and over resurrection visits and what i always like to you know just celebrate is that nearly all the apostles died for their faith and never is there a record that any one of them denied the resurrection of jesus in fact they went to their graves many of them for their faith in jesus christ and they never denied what they saw with their own eyes uh, they they were willing to die for their testimony of Jesus Christ. And it's real. Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Now, this visit up on the mountain, it's really an important one. And, you know, it, it's a, a one of the strongest missional statements of all the Bible for the church. And, you know, that means for us, for the body of Christ. What are we to do while we're here? But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. They had likely met him there before. Don't know for sure, um, but maybe this is like the Mount of the Transfiguration or some other mountain that they spent time on previously, but they seemed to know where to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And this has always been interesting, right? Some were doubtful. I mean, uh, doubtful of seeing him alive again. Um, We don't know for sure. But it it is amazing to see someone die and see someone come back from the dead. But I have proposed a theory which could be true. Uh, And I'll relay it to you now on what this means. So the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain. So the, the disciples go up the mountain by themselves, not with Jesus. They go up there to meet Jesus there. And based on the record here, it very much appears they got there first. and. If you've ever been, now I have not been. I was actually supposed to go to Israel. Um, it's two, it's, this is the last day of 2023 as I speak. Uh, it's New Year's Eve tonight, 2023. Well, anyways, um, I was supposed to go on October uh, 7th to Israel. And that is when the war broke out uh, in Israel. And our trip was canceled that very morning uh, that I was 
well, the next day after I was to be leaving. So I, the war broke out and the next day I was leaving. So we had time for our, our, our flight got canceled. But anyways, <clears throat> I've seen lots of pictures and it is a very arid and um, an area where you can see for miles. I mean, it's not, I live in the state of Wisconsin. Um, there's hills here, but there's not mountains and it's, it's uh, very wooded in a lot of the region and you don't you don't see distances real easy even though I live near a very large hill you know and you can get up on that hill you can't see like down the mountain so to speak or down the hill you can see off to a distance but it's just all wooded so you you can't see real clearly but that's not the way it is there it's very uh, expansive and you can see so picture the disciples up on the mountain and it says when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. So I picture they see Jesus because the next verse says this, and Jesus came up and spoke to them. See, so they saw Jesus coming. That's what I believe happened here. They're up on the mountain. They see him coming. Now, when they saw him coming, they had some time to like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. Jesus is coming up to see us on the mountain. Because they could see him coming. I mean, it says, and Jesus came up after they were already there. Well, anyways, so some were like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And they worshiped. And some, I think, were of disbelief. Like, this is incredible. I can't believe, you know, we were told to go here. We're here. But now Jesus is coming up the mountain. Uh, I feel like that's being what's said. Almost like a, I can't believe, doubt, kind of awe thing. That we're literally going to spend time with the resurrected Jesus. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say to you for that's for sure, but I, I, it makes sense to me. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, and this is more important that we get this out of this passage. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, remember the Trinity. Jesus is the son of God, but he is God. He was at creation and helped create the world. and. What's being said here is all authority now with his resurrection has been given to him in heaven and on earth. That, that's an incredible statement. It's an important statement because if you're talking to the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, then you can know that what they're saying is important and you know what they're saying matters and you know what they're saying is what he wants to do. There's no question about it. So Think about that right now. What the words that we're going to hear coming from the one who has all authority in heaven and earth. That leaves no other place, by the way. Uh, And we should heed what he has to say. So he says then, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Let's stop there for a moment. Make pupils learners. Make people who are going to follow me. Help make followers of me. Pupils, students, learners of me. And he says of all nations. So he wants the message of this gospel and the followership of Jesus Christ to spread all over the the world. And isn't it amazing that it has? As I mentioned, here I am in Wisconsin, United States of America. I am very, very far away from Israel. I'm very far away from Galilee and this mountain. But yet I am a follower and seeking to make more followers of Jesus, students, learners, pupils, people who will live for him all the way here in Wisconsin. It's incredible that God has spread his 
goodness and his mission all over the world. And then it says baptizing them. And you know that that is just the biblically best described way to place your trust in Jesus and to be recognized as his disciple. You know, today in age days in age we a lot of times will, you know, hey, raise your hand if you want to accept Christ and repeat this prayer or come up for this altar call and make a profession of faith. And and that's not wrong because in Romans 10 it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So ultimately it's faith that saves us. Faith in Jesus and his victory over death and belief, belief in him, faith in him is what gets us into the entrance of heaven and begins to make us a disciple of Christ. But it, sometimes it, it helps and it's biblically prescribed to get baptized because that's a physical expression where you actually have to get up and do something and be recognized for your faith and get into the water. And when you go into that water and you go underwater, you would die underwater. And Jesus died for you. And baptism is a symbol of the fact that Jesus died for you and that you are willing to die to your old way of life. You're, you know, it's supposed to be a transformed life and it's a better life. Hallelujah. But that Baptism is a symbol of dying to self, dying to you can't earn heaven on your own. The only way you can get there is through Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then when you rise out of that water, it's a symbol of that Jesus beat death and rose from the dead. And it's a symbol of you trusting in faith that you one day are going to rise too. And that today that you're going to rise to a new transformed life in him. And, you know, I, I just believe it's, biblically it, it is the best way to express your faith in Jesus. And, you know, you couldn't die to your old ways as a baby. You know, that was something your parents did. It's not something that you did. And I believe it's biblically prescribed for every believer in Jesus to personally get water baptized uh, after they place their faith in Jesus or at the moment that they place their faith in Jesus. And there's really no reason to wait. Um, <clears throat> so I would encourage you, if you haven't been baptized as a believer to talk to your pastor and to get baptized and make that commitment to him because the one who is in all authority in heaven on earth this is what he said go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and you know trinity you might know is not a word that's in the bible but it is a word that describes all the things that the bible says and i'm all for a Trinitarian uh, faith, believing in um, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. And it's just echoed that we're supposed to honor the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all, all as God and as Lord. And we should do that. So believe that. Then it says this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we're supposed to teach people around us to observe or obey all the things that I commanded. And, and, and now that's become the word of God. We're supposed to teach people the word of God and to observe and obey it. And if we did that, we would be more like him. And, you know, I believe the grand mission of God is that we would embrace becoming a greater reflection of who Jesus is, that in our beings we'd become more like him and that we'd seek to help others also to become like him. And then even to adopt the mission 
of helping others themselves so that after we have accepted Christ and we've, we've pursued becoming more like him, that we would get on that mission of helping others to know him and become more like him. And then also passing on the mission to them to help others. That's, that's really what it means to go and make disciples. And I believe it's expressed in the very first mission God gave mankind. I've made you in my image and likeness. You know, go be fruitful and multiply. And, and here we have Jesus's version of that same first mission given. Go be like me. Make, be my disciple and go, go make more. And, and this is what we're here to do. This is what you're here to do. If you didn't know, this is what you're here to do. Now, some may be called to do it vocationally. You know, I, I feel called to be a pastor and to do this full time. But the power of the movement and the mission is that tax collectors and fishermen and real estate guys and appraisers and food bakers and policemen and attorneys and moms and dads and adolescents and every all of us would be a part of God's mission. He wants to raise everybody up to be his disciple and to go make more, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And this is what's going to happen at Pentecost now. 50 days later is when the church officially begins and God's Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside those who believe. And that's true of you who have been born again in faith in Jesus is that Jesus comes to reside in you to be your counselor. His spirit now is not in the Holy of Holies in the temple at Jerusalem, which is no longer there, by the way, but Jesus now lives in his people, those who believe in him, and he lives to help us succeed in this mission and to strengthen our resolve to live for him and to give us a guide and a counselor. And You know, I I have a John MacArthur study Bible, and I think John made a great point here. And that in Matthew chapter 1, Matthew introduces um, Jesus as Emmanuel, which is God with us, because Jesus came in the flesh at Christmas and then lived his life to reveal who God was. He was literally God with us. But then the one who was God with us, even when he died and rose again and ascended into heaven, he didn't stay away from us. No, he is coming to be with us forever through the power of his Holy Spirit and that's why he is with us always to the very end of the age. And that's interesting, right? To the end of the age, that'll 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 preach too. I mean, I believe uh, that that end of that age is going to be, you know, when he raptures his church, and and then there's going to be a time of tribulation that's going to take place on earth, and the spirit is not going to be like it is now in in everyone the way it is now because the church is going to be raptured, I believe, uh, and then he's going to come back again at the end of the tribulation to begin his millennial reign. Now there's debated aspects to that, but that's what I teach and believe. And here we have that I'll be with you always to the end of the age. And, you know, there's other scriptures we could look at to support what I'm saying. We're not going to do that now, but I think the most important thing to take from this is that the one who has all authority in heaven and earth has said, listen, you who I'm talking to, whoever's listening to this, and there's people, praise God, listening all over America and even in other parts of the world. And I want to say to you that the one in all authority in heaven and earth has said to you that I want you to be my disciple and I want you to make more. And that that's the mission of your life. 
find a good church, grow in being a disciple, and then invite people there and help people in your life through Bible study, through relationship, to become Jesus' disciples, to follow and observe all that he's commanded, and to help them live for the mission of God. That's why we're here. God bless you all.